Hi, it's Waylon. We are taking a short break this week, so we're replaying one of our favorites from 2015. Enjoy. I listen to about the first 15 or 20 seconds. I'm listening for the clapping, so I can hear the actually hear the individual claps happening, and the uh, the initial uh, strumming of the guitars. That's John Grado, whose family has been making audio equipment since 1953. We're in the listening room at Grado Labs in Brooklyn, listening to the opening strains of Eric Clapton Unplugged. It's one of the three snippets that John uses when he evaluates a pair of Grado headphones. His other references are from Duke Ellington and Ella Fitzgerald. He's been using the same three musical excerpts for the last 20 years. And that's usually as far as I go. When I'm doing my critical listening, I'm in here. The lights are low. I'm kind of sitting in that chair, focused. It's clear. It's distinct. You can hear it very well. And the comments we often get, people get our headphones, and they'll call us and they'll say, you know, I put the headphones on, and I put on a some music that I've listened to a thousand times. And all of a sudden, I heard something I never heard before. Somebody tapping, or you hear somebody taking a, a deep breath, or you know, <laughs> turning a page, and just stuff that they they never heard before. Grado Labs makes just two products: headphones and phono cartridges. A phono cartridge is the little device at the end of a turntable's tone arm that converts the needle's vibrations into electrical signals. And demand for cartridges has actually gone up in the last few years, much to the Grado's surprise. Of course, back in 1953, when John's uncle Joseph Grado started the company by making cartridges at his kitchen table, vinyl was the dominant musical format. My uncle was a master watchmaker, and he really, when he got into Designing them, he designed them like the fine Swiss watches. In 1955, Joseph Grado moved the operations of Grado Labs into his father's fruit store in Sunset Park, a neighborhood in Brooklyn. The fruit store is long gone, but what's remarkable about Grado Labs is that the company still makes its products from the same place on Seventh Avenue. It's a narrow building that not only contains a small factory, but also used to be the Grado family home, and you would never guess it from the outside. There's no signage, just some heavy metal doors covered with graffiti, and a Chinese bakery next door. When I was exchanging emails with Jonathan Grado, John's son, to set up our meeting, he wrote to me, "If it looks like you're in the wrong place, you've made it." The Grado basement looks like a regular basement in somebody's house, except that there's a big injection molding machine crammed into the main area. There's barely room to walk around it. Off to the side, there's another room furnished with a high, narrow workbench. This is where Jonathan and his father sit when they make phono cartridges. We build the cartridges that we need. There's been a vinyl resurgence, so the cartridge sales have gone to like sixty-five thousand for a year. And I mean, we didn't think we'd still be making cartridges at all close to 2015. So it's it's great. But、um, we used to have the cartridges built, and then we send them out, and now it's like basically made to order. Now it's they're coming in fast. In the 1980s, our peak for cartridges were. 
ten thousand a week, and then our lowest was twelve thousand for the year. So that's when my great uncle was gonna close up shop, and then my dad bought it from him, and then we came out with our first headphone. That low number of twelve thousand phono cartridges for the whole year was nineteen ninety. By then, John Grado had already been working full time at the family business for over a decade taking over day-to-day operations from his uncle Joseph and starting to develop headphones, since it looked like the compact disc was going to make vinyl obsolete, along with related equipment like turntables and cartridges. That turned out not to be the case, something we'll talk about more later. But in the meantime, Grado turned its attention to entering the headphone market. Well, they're, I mean, they're kind of a legendary audiophile headphone. I mean, this is Lauren Dragon. She's the headphone editor at The Wirecutter, a site that does in-depth gadget reviews. They have that wonderful hands-on family kind of Americana, you know, New York side that I think a lot of people really love and appreciate. And they're, you know, they have this sort of, um, what's the word for it? Sort of pedigree because they were some of, you know, when people in sort of honestly the generation right before me, I'm thinking specifically of people like, you know, Steve Gutenberg and Brent Butterworth and those guys, they those are some of their first real high-end headphones. I mean, I, when you talk to them about it, you can see them kind of light up and be like, oh, man, I had this pair of Grados that were just, I love those things. They were my first, like, really high-end headphones. And so they have that kind of history and nostalgia to them, which I think is really cool. Steven Gutenberg and Brent Butterworth, the people Lauren mentioned, are both well-known audiophiles and writers. Grado headphones have also been spotted on Neil Young, John Mayer, and the director Spike Jones. Grado's open back headphones are recognizable for their mahogany ear cups and leather head straps. The mahogany ear cups come from a woodworking shop in New Jersey that used to make wooden pens. Grado is the shop's only customer. When they arrive in Brooklyn, a longtime Grado employee named Lorena goes through tray after tray to pair them up. Her workstation is near the spot where you can still see Jonathan Grado's old height chart on the wall from when the family lived on the top floor of the house. She remembers him playing with their kids after school. I like it in sections, so this way I can get a match, and if I don't get a match, I push them to the side, I get the next batch, and I circulate. And so you're just looking for the best match in terms yes, of the color the, and the grain of the uh-huh. wood. And, the, and of course, the, the lettering. Because sometimes uh, our guy, well, I know he has different people working, and either they stamp it or they put the iron either too long or not enough. So I have to make sure that everything is, <laughs> you know, so... Yeah, it's something interesting that, I, but I've been doing it for too long that I already know what to look for. I want the best, like everybody. Grado headphones start under $100 and go over $1,000. The company sold about 150,000 pairs in 2014 and expects to top that this year. What's special about the way Grado approaches both its headphones and its cartridges is that it launches new products only when they feel there's enough improvements over a previous version. John and Jonathan Grado aren't interested in chasing trends or adding lots of features just for the sake of adding features. Since getting into headphones in the early 90s, the company has released just three generations of headphones. In all our products, the work really goes into the design. Once you have the design, I mean, as it's nice wearing all the different hats because as you're working on the design, you're also thinking about what the production capabilities are going to be and is... You know, not just designing it and then giving it to the production people, and they say, how are we going to do this? So it's, it's all kind of uh, one process. It's processed in one brain. But we've been doing it, you know, we've been doing it for 62 years, 
and I mean we we watch what we do and stuff, but it's almost second nature to us. We've been doing it for so long. The Grados have been making high-end audio equipment for six decades, enough time for them to even see records and turntables come back around. Of course, the current revival doesn't put vinyl anywhere near its glory days. But there are enough people out there refurbishing or upgrading their turntables that they're keeping the Grados in the phonocartridge business. It surprised John as much as anyone, even if he doesn't track sales and production times as closely as he used to. Here's what he said when I asked him how long it takes to make one cartridge. Back in the 70s, when we were turning out 10,000 cartridges a week, I would do all the numbers. I'm kind of a numbers guy. And all longhand, you know, before computers. <laughs> uh, back then, I think I had it where a phono cartridge only. It was, it was somewhere in the vicinity of about 11 minutes. Today, um, I don't. What's most important to me is at the end of the year, we made money. We made money, then we're okay. The Grados also didn't anticipate that portable digital music would become as ubiquitous as it is now. John says that when they started developing headphones, they thought they would find a market among students using them with laptops. Instead, the iPod and the iPhone came along, and the headphone market took off. Here's Sean Murphy, Senior Manager of Industry Analysis at the Consumer Electronics Association. The story of headphones in the last five or so years has also been a staggering, really unexpected development in the sense that 10 years ago, a lot of people associated headphones with what was given out for free on an airplane. And all of a sudden, seemingly overnight, with the onset of you know Beats, we saw headphones commanding multiple $100 price points, which I'll speak for myself as an analyst. I would never have predicted that, that that would go mainstream. Sean Murphy mentioned Beats by Dre, those glossy metal headphones and candy colors that seem to be everywhere these days. The company that makes Beats was originally co-founded by rapper and hip-hop producer Dr. Dre and acquired by Apple in 2014. The aesthetics of a pair of Beats headphones versus Grado couldn't be more different. And both the Grados and many headphone experts would say that Beats look better than they actually sound. But the popularity of Beats, which sell for over $100, opened the door for other high-end headphones to find a market, and that includes Grado products. Grado Labs is seeing an increase in headphone sales, even though the company hasn't advertised since the 1960s. Here's Lauren Dragon again. They don't really do mass marketing, but they have like, you know, Facebook stuff or Twitter stuff, or if you, when you get your packages, when you, when you buy something from them, you feel like you're sort of being inducted into a club. If you open up their boxes and you look inside and there's a, you know, little welcome letter from the Grados, like it's a family and you're now part of that. So I think they're very smart about how they handle that. For the Grados, the personal touch isn't just an act they put on to sell products. When you buy a pair of Grado headphones or a Grado phono cartridge, you're buying something that's been made by a staff of fewer than 20 people working at small tables with magnifying glasses and tweezers in the Grado's old house in Brooklyn. And when you put on a pair of Grado headphones, John Grado wants you to hear Eric Clapton or Duke Ellington or Ella Fitzgerald the way he hears them when he's in his listening room with the lights turned down, immersed in the music. It doesn't get more personal than that. And this one, I'm more interested in the, the voice. How do you want the voice, her, her voice, to sound? Well, I'd like it to sound like she's singing to me. She's in the room. The Distance is produced by Sean Hildner and me, Waylon Wong. Our illustrations are done by Nate Otto. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode about another long-running business. As always, The Distance is brought to you by Basecamp.
the leading app for keeping teams on the same page about whatever they're working on. Your first Basecamp is completely free forever. Try the brand new Basecamp 3 for yourself at Basecamp.com slash the distance.